Who knew in the moment? The premise of the show is that as you're living your life, very rarely do you realize the magnitude of a moment while it's happening. However, in hindsight, we can see all of the pivotal moments that led to where we're at. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I'm honored to have Chris Marina with me. Chris is a musician out of Nashville, and one of his life mantras is, if not now, when? And as you learn his story today, you're going to hear how he's really embodied that and is applying it to his life. So Chris, thanks so much for being on, man. Hey, brother. Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. So at a young age, we oftentimes get introduced to um, certain things that can become a hobby and a passion of ours. And at 11, you had mentioned one time uh, you got a guitar. So talk a little bit about, you know, what kicked off, why you even wanted the darn guitar and then what, what you felt passionate about there. Yeah. Yeah. I always like kind of felt that I was a little bit more of an introverted kid, not antisocial, but just like I could lock my room, myself in my room and listen to music for hours after school and all that. So I just remember it started an early age with like Boys to Men and Michael Bolton, Brian <laughs> Carey, and then like graduated to like I would watch MTV and I would see like uh, Gavin Rossdale from Bush and like yeah. Metallica. I just got into all this rock music and I was like, oh, I really want a guitar. So for a birthday one year, I got a guitar and I uh, just kind of kind of kind of started from, from there. And I just, you know, had had something I could pour all my energy into. And it was it was the great it was the greatest thing, you know. Yeah. Now off the bat, were, were you great at it? Did it come naturally or was it something that maybe a little rough to start with, but after some practice and maybe lessons got better at? Yeah, I definitely wasn't a, a protege by any, any means. Um, I did notice that one thing came naturally and that's, that's playing while sit while singing and mm. like just kind of rhythm came naturally. Like and keep time. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, some people don't have that, but like, I definitely was not a natural guitar player. I did take lessons for a little bit. And then I never had the patience to become prolific at lead guitar. And my style was just much more rock power chords and stuff like that. And I just, I, I got good at the basics, but I never was like interested enough to excel at just the guitar. I, I just wanted to know enough so I could write songs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So as you're getting into high school, you know, you're getting better at guitar and it's still a passion of yours and you decide, hey, we should start a band and yeah. talk about the type of music that you started with and uh, in the early days of the first band. Well, the first band was called Chaos with a K. And so that was, uh, that was a uh, rock, pop rock, metal band kind of thing. Started with my good buddies who lived down the street and um I was the was the singer. I didn't really know how to sing. I just I actually had a pretty good scream though back in the day. So it was like there's some screaming in there and just uh, saying the best I could. But I was you know just playing the rock songs and you know it was fun. We did that for a while and then I was in another band after that in high school and that band was that band was pretty good. Um, I was one of two guitarists in that band and I did backup, screaming, singing, and um, just kind of played played the guitar in that too. So. So getting into the, you know, rock, the metal side of things, um, you know, there's a lot of, I would say, probably properties and principles that translate just, hey, if you can play that type of music, you can play other types. But were there any other types of music growing up that you like to learn songs or, or kind of, you know, write your own tunes to? Yeah, I mean, I was, um, 
into like things like hip hop. I would listen to a lot of hip hop, um, Tupac, Outkast. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the rap was pretty popular at that time. Yeah. So I was, I was really into that music. And then I went through a metal phase. Deftones were a big band um, for me. But then I was also listening to like Aerosmith and Tom Petty. And then later on, I didn't know that this is what would influence me the most, but what actually stuck with me the most as I got older was actually Goo Goo Dolls and like Matchbox 20 yeah. and Third Eye Blind. So that was like, I would later find out that was the stuff that like really caught my heart, maybe mm. even more than anything else. So I, I didn't learn that until I started writing later, later, later on in my life. No, that's good. So as you guys are, you know, being a band, um, was there any aspirations at that phase that, hey, I, maybe I can make this a, a potential business or, you know, career for myself? Or was that more just, hey, it's a, it's a fun hobby. And, you know, someday when we go off to college, we'll have to dissolve potentially. But for right now, let's just enjoy it. I like to think I, as a person, have a little healthy amount of delusion, even though I'm very much a, real, a realist. I have a kind of a good balance, to be honest. And so... I think I like secretly always thought I was going to do music, but at the same time, if I was being honest, the band that I was in after like right as college was starting was really good. And I knew we were good and we were good for that type of sound, but I just didn't know how to ever, you, you know, I didn't know how to make it work. And back yeah. in those days too, it was like, you either get that record deal or, or you, you don't really make it. And it was just, I don't know. I think they're just, even though I really believed in the music we were doing and I wasn't the singer, keep in mind, I was a guitarist and songwriter, but yeah, I just didn't know how to translate it. And it just didn't hold enough of my attention. And then I eventually just, the band broke up when I went away to college for the second half of my college um, career, I went away to a school. And so, um, you know, looking back, it's just when you're young, man, you just, you, you, you don't know. I don't know. I, I, like looking back, I could see like, okay, maybe if we stuck with it like this, we did this, like, but like when you're in it, you're just like, it's just hopes and dreams. You're like, yeah, oh, I don't really know. I don't really know how to do it. But well, and I think something about that, and I'd be curious, you know, is the influence and the feedback we're getting, right? Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of adults, right, that have lost that sense of wonder, right? Of like, what could be, and they've settled into what is, and then they try and tell you, well, you know, yeah, you could pursue this, but why, why not just try and go get this job? It's going to be safer. It's going to be easier, right? Uh, talk mm -hmm. a little bit about maybe some, you know, feedback from parental figures or, you know, authoritative figures. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Um, I never had parents that were very judgmental as far as like where I went in, uh, one way or the other. You know, they kind of let, gave me the freedom to do what I wanted to do. But um, there is that societal pressure for sure. And yeah. You know, it's like, hey, you got to get a degree. Otherwise, you, you know, what, what are you doing with your life? But um, hearing you say that, though, it's such a good point that I think, you know, in, the, in doing what I'm doing now, I realize sometimes that one of the most powerful things in the world is momentum. Yeah. So whether that's people gassing you up along the way, um, if you don't have that, like, it's, it's, a, it's hard. If you're not getting that positive feedback, sometimes it's like no matter how much self-belief you have it's like well if it's not working it's not working so i mean you know that band we had we had people liked us you know but it, we weren't uh we weren't like blowing up you know yeah. necessarily so well so let's talk a little bit about just that as a topic and you know i think 
to your point, there's a certain amount of self-belief that I have to have regardless of what outside people are thinking. But there's also that part of us that we need to be open to feedback from people, right? Um, and then the tough part is deciding, all right, is that feedback good? Is it warranted? Should I apply it? Or is that just their opinion, but they don't really understand the industry and I just need to block that out and then being able to block that out. So talk about that kind of in between of, all right, like I need to be self-confident. I do need mm -hmm. to be aware of what others see and then decide what to listen to and what not. Yeah, that's such a good point. Cause it's, it's, it's such a balance because I always err on the side of, I like, I like feedback. Yeah. And then my opinion is that I take that feedback and if how I feel is contradictory enough that I'm convicted to be like, well, that's nice, but I don't believe that then, then great. Now yeah. I've, I've heard it, yep. but I've rejected it because I feel so strong. Yeah. If I hear the feedback and I'm like, well, there's some truth in that. Maybe I can use that. Like you, you can't, you have to take your ego out of all this, whether it's like, oh, just whether you're running a business, think about if you're running a business, like, yep. You, you probably do need some customer feedback to like <laughs> make little critiques along the way. And I use that even now. Like I like to see which songs are doing better than others. But at the end of the day, whatever I feel strongly about is going to be my next single. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I'm doing this for me. It's a selfish endeavor, but I do love to hear what, what people think and what works. And, you know, it, it's a balance. It's a balance for sure. Yes. So as you're progressing through college, uh, you graduate and you end up going and getting a more traditional type of a job. And just talk a little bit about that. You know, if it was, hey, I felt very confident. I was glad I did it. And uh, and just where you were at at that phase in your life. Yeah, it's one of those questions. Like I'm, I try to get into my own headspace based on where I'm at now. I'm like, what was I thinking back then? And I think it was um, maybe because when I was doing those bands earlier in the day and all that, I wasn't, I wasn't really the singer. And mm. I maybe always wanted to be, but never thought that I would have the voice for it or something like that. So I was very excited to go away to college. So I was excited to just kind of get away from music and just kind of live my life. And um, I, they were great years, man. I went to college, I had fun, I met, met friends. And then after that, I got a job in sales and I didn't love it, but I worked hard to get promoted real quick. And I kind of worked up to some better positions. And then within a year or two, uh, I was making good money and, um, you know, here I am 24, 25 years old. And like, I can take all these vacations now. I can get a you know nice car. And um, it was, it was fun for a while. It was, it was really like, I felt lucky to have it. I'm like, Oh, life yeah. is good. And um, then what happened is over a couple of years, I started just realizing like, okay, like I'm living for the weekends and like, you know, I had fitness. Fitness has always been my outlet, especially when I don't have music, to like yeah. keep me grounded. And I had that and I was like, life is good. But I'm like, what, what is the, what does a decade after this look like? You just mm. doing the same thing. Like, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to want to be partying like that <laughs> mid thirties. And around this questioning time, I also went through a breakup and uh, I was living with somebody and she would have never, it wasn't like she wasn't supportive of whatever I wanted to do in life. I just like had stopped doing it and I just got complacent. Mm. And so when I'm going, when I go through that breakup, I'm just like, wow. Like I thought I knew what my life was going to look like from now on. Yeah. I started questioning everything and I'm like, what do I want to do? And I just randomly started picking up the guitar every day after work and like just whatever reason channel it. 
then I started writing songs and I'm like, huh, wonder what would happen if I take singing lessons. And then it just kind of started building and building. And then before you know it, I'm going home every day after work, after my nine to five. And I'm like, so excited to write about all these feelings I got and just everything. Yeah. And it was so organic. And I was just like, man, I just like writing songs. Like, and so, you know, I don't know how far into the trajectory you want me to go, but that's, that's how it started. It was just like, solitude you're by you're by yourself now and you yeah. gotta start thinking like and the biggest thing that i realized is like sometimes in life these these things come with a whisper mm. like it wasn't like i broke up now i can go do music i've always like <laughs> i was like no man i didn't even know i still wanted to do it. like i just yeah. it, it wasn't until i was like really sitting alone by myself and there's like this little whisper of like well you know maybe it's not too late to go after that thing that was initially your real dream you know, yeah. that you just kind of, kind of like stifled under the rug. Yeah. You know? Well, as I hear you say that, um, there's a couple of things I want to unpack there. And one of them is sitting in silence by ourselves, confronting our thoughts <laughs> for somebody listening right now. That's like the scariest thing that you could ask them to do. So, so true. What about you just allowed you to dive into that? You know, I mean, allowed yourself to go to those places and really just kind of navigate what, what is important to me. Yeah. I think it, it started by like, I had those times where I was alone because again, you go through a breakup and you're living alone now. And it's um, so I think it just came over time, but like, I just like, I try to like meditate every morning and like, I have this practice now where I'll wake up and it's, it's not even really like a fancy meditation in any way. It's just like, hey, first 20, 30 minutes, I'm not letting myself touch that phone. Yeah. And I'm either going to be sitting in silence or I'm going to be journaling or I'm do something to like kind of tame that 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 mind that just wants to repeat repeatedly go. Yeah. And a lot of times you sit down and you see if there's anything on top of your mind that you're just kind of shoveling down because that's what anxiety is. Mm -hmm. It's just not addressing something that's like, you know, yeah. in, 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 and so to me, there's so much power in that. And so now I'm better equipped in life to, to where, like, if there's something that I need to address, I address it a lot quicker now because I'm, I'm able to, but it's, it's a habit, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's so healthy because to your point, it, if I just suppress it, eventually it's going to rear its head back out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can mm -hmm. only suppress it for so long until, yep. you know, you get filled with bitterness, resentment, frustration. And then one day it's just, it, it explodes, right? You can't press it down any further. And it's the yeah, 93rd man. thing that ever happened to you. And that's what somebody gets exposed to. So I think that's a really good point. Yeah. And I don't think it's a coincidence that before I started doing the music thing, being with friends and drinking on the weekends was the outlet aside from fitness. Thank God yep. for fitness. Cause that was always my health, my healthiest outlet. But um, you know, there's just this, like, there's a numbing effect of the partying. And once I started doing music, I didn't care about drinking as much, you know, and, and I didn't need it as much, you know? Yeah, that's so, so true. Now, the second part is, you know, it's amazing how many times there's something that we're like really passionate about that. It just takes that life change that brings us back to it. And I can really uh, relate to what you were saying. For me, it was always basketball. And I, I moved to a new city about five years ago. And I knew probably five people when I moved here. And I, I would just catch myself like, man, I haven't just shot hoops. You know, like I haven't just gone to the gym and just 
shot around and every day before I'd go lift, I'd shoot around for a little bit. And it was the most peaceful, you know, 15 <laughs> minutes of my day every day, but you didn't even realize it until you got yourself in kind of the out of the normal, like life cycle that I had been in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just going and doing those, kind of getting outside of your routine a little bit too, right? Just mm -hmm. like a huge benefit to that for sure. I love yeah. it. Now for you, so we start writing music and, you know, we'd love to say like, all right, Hey, I wrote one song and I just became, you know, bestseller just right off the bat and uh, yeah. went viral, but within a pretty quick time frame, you do start booking some shows. So talk a little bit about, you know, Hey, I'm working my full-time job. I'm starting to write these songs, you know, and trying, starting to book gigs at, you know, different venues. Yeah. I definitely believe in like the 10,000 hour rule. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing with the music has ever really come I mean, it comes instinctually, but it's like, I was never felt like I was a natural at anything. So it's just one of those things of like putting in the time to write and then putting in the time with the shows. And I would do these three hour bar gigs, which I, I mean, I still do. And in, in to some extent, but it's, it's your, your restaurant or bar and you're just sitting there playing for three hours and, and you got to learn all these songs, all these cover songs um, to, to play. And, you know, that was a good experience. It was kind of like your, my own boot camp, And I did that, did that for a while. And it just gives you thick skin. Um, you know, music is one of those things. It's if you if you blow up without any performing experience, like that that is something that is not is not natural to to be the center of attention for three hours. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just not. And so that's something that it gets acquired over time. So the I did feel like I was making up for a little bit of lost time, but I just kind of went at it and started building up that on the side in Boston while I was working my nine to five job. Yeah, And so, um, you know, I think I, I got a little bit of a mom momentum in Boston and then eventually started, started thinking about, okay, what would be next? And, and that's when Nashville kind of, kind of came into the picture as to uh, maybe I should think about moving that kind of thing. Yeah. Now two questions I have for you. So one is, was there any mental head trash that you kind of had to undo of your ability to be the lead singer? Um, you know, you said, mm. Hey, in bands, I was a backup singer. I was the guitar, but I didn't know if I was good enough to do the singing. And then all of a sudden now you, I mean, you're the guy <laughs> it's yes. all Chris. So was there any, you know, unwinding of, you know, mental lies that maybe you told yourself that you had to get to, to feel comfortable to perform like that? Yeah. I would, I can't understate how big of a part that was. Cause it's, it's, I think with so many things in life, like, again, like I said, if we instinctually maybe know something, a lot of times we're just looking for permission. Mm. Like we just, like, we need to give ourselves permission and we, we can cross this next barrier. Right. Yeah. So I had to like get it into my head that I, that I was a singer and, you know, I'm not very much a fake it to make it guy. So that's why I went and took the lessons and I just, you know, worked on that craft to where I believed I was good. I always believed that I was writing good songs, but like, I was like that skill of being a, a really good singer, you know, that can take a little while. And so, um, you know, in my first show ever was like me in front of 20 of my friends at a bar doing, an, doing like an original set. And I was like, looking back, I'm like, that's pretty nerve wracking. Like, just like yeah. all these friends that don't know you for music. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like, you're like, hey guys, I'm a singer and I'm sitting there singing these songs about relationships and like stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I guess I was had was pretty ballsy to have done that. I got to give myself a little bit of credit because it's yeah. the hardest people to perform are, are your friends and family. So that, now looking back, like those are still the ones that get more nervous than, than strangers. Yeah. So it was just kind of funny. Um, 
but yeah, you just, it, it's just about giving your permission, yourself permission to do that. And even when it comes to posting on social media or like probably you with this podcast, it's like at a certain point, you know, there's, there's going to be like that. Well, who, who am I? And you know, who's, how are people going to look at me? Like, people don't know me for this. Like, yeah. they're going to be like, who's this guy trying to be a podcaster? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> but uh, another quote that I love is like, you'll stop caring about what other people think about you when you realize how seldom they do. And it's like, people are just living their lives, man. Like they're not, they're not thinking about you all day long. It's just like, just go live your life. Like no yeah. one cares. No one cares. Like, and if they talk shit, I don't know if I can swear on this, sorry. You're but like good. if they, it's just like, that's that's them projecting like yeah. you know so i think it the sooner you can realize how like life is short and that like all this is going to be forgotten one day it's just like go live your life you know yeah that's well it, and an analogy i heard once which it correlates <clears throat> to your life not so much mine but like i like the analogy anyway was just that the idea of if i were a musician and there was somebody outside of the sold out arena complaining about my style of music, would I change my style of music for them? Well, no, because they're not the ones mm. paying to come see me anyway. So who yeah, cares? right. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, and I have to say too, that's, that's going back to the momentum thing. You know, when I, when I did start to develop this small, but like passionate fan base that were really into what I was doing, you know, that's helped along a lot along the way because it's validated the musical choices and the type of music that I'm trying to make. And it's gotten me to a point where it's, you know, the music, I enjoy the music and it comes from the heart. And it's, it's, if I'm not for somebody or not their taste, it, I don't even, I don't care at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I got my base that likes it, I'm good. Like I, I'm not, I'm not trying to please everybody. You don't want to, you know, Absolutely. you're better enough. You're better off some people to be honest absolutely well and let me tell you uh phil friedrich's a big chris fan dude i've had that thing on repeat you've at least gotten <laughs> like a thousand youtube video views from me and definitely on spotify wow. and everyone else y'all need to go and check out his music because let me tell you it, it's good stuff thanks so, dude yeah absolutely appreciate it so you're performing you said hey the first concert i did was in front of my friends um you know 20 of them talk about maybe one show that really sticks out at, in, when you're still in Boston where you're mm. like, okay, this is, this is growing. Like this could be, you know, a, a career path for me. Yeah. It was actually the one I, I did. A, I did a, I released an EP like two weeks before I, I moved to Nashville and I did a release show and it was definitely the most packed room that I had played with. And it was with a band and it was, it was an original, you know, set. And, um, that was just, that was wild. Just seeing everyone there and people knowing the words. And that was my first taste of like, you know, people just really like, like visibly all in a big room, like getting into what I was doing. And it was, you know, it's, um, it was just like super validating, you know? And it's, yeah. cause again, it's like, you take something that you created out of thin air essentially and you're releasing it. And it's just a whole, such a process to, from start to finish with, with, with your art. And it's, you know, to have seen that kind of culminate as I knew I was making this big journey was very like, it was a nice push, you know, to keep going. Yeah. Now, anyone that's heard your music and anyone that's going to go listen to it knows that it's personal. 
like, 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 I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not just some out there idea. Like this is, uh, my guess is these are probably real life stories, you know, for you and things you're going yes. through. And, you know, as you listen to it, you feel that as well. And there's a lot of things that I could relate to in different songs, but talk about being willing to, you know, be that transparent. I think, you know, as humans, we're just so accustomed to keeping walls up, right? And we don't want to be vulnerable. We, we don't want to be open. The more people know, the more they can use against us, right? I mean, whatever lie we tell ourselves. And here yeah. you are, you know, I mean, having songs that have been downloaded over a million times. So, you know, be, people are hearing Chris's story, but yeah. about just being willing to share that and uh, the freedom, you know, that comes with that too. Yeah, I guess that's one thing that kind of just came naturally to me from the start, just thinking about the music that I released off the bat was just as personal as the stuff is today. So I just was, yeah. I just kind of always thought if I was going to do this, it's got to be unique to me. And I, I don't just want to be another watered down version of, of something. I'd rather just kind of die on my own sword here. And, and um, so, yeah, and not to say that, you know, every, not, not every song of mine is, is serious, very serious, even though a, a lot of them are, but I always like, I like to write about serious topics, I guess, but with a catchy melody in a kind of an optimistic spin to it. Cause that's how I view life. I view everything as just experiences we go through. Yeah. Like the best lessons I've ever learned have been through breakups. Mm. And I'm not the type to hold a grudge after a breakup. I'm the type to think, wow, we shared this, this experience together. Yep. And we, we, we molded each other in certain ways. And like, those are things that'll last you forever. And so I just, you know, you can call that cheesy if you want, but I just am always looking at the positive side of things. And, um, but while acknowledging how hard some of these situations break up or, you know, moving out of your hometown or whatever the topic is that I'm writing about. So I guess that's always come easy to me because I'm just like, I just wanted to be real with myself. And I'm like, I'm not going to write fluff music. You know, yeah. it's, it's going to mean something. And it's, if it doesn't, music is just too hard of a thing to do that if it's not if you don't really believe in what you're doing it's just like i knew that it wouldn't keep me you know i'd, yeah. I'd, I'd be looking for something else to do. so that's why i tried chose to consciously go down that route and yeah every song is written about a personal experience and probably always will be even if i start diving into more just observational of other people i can always tie myself into those into those stories you know yep no and with, with writing that, I would imagine there's some pressures, uh, whether it's from fans or the industry, to sound a certain way or to write about certain topics. And to your point, there's that point of like, well, I want to be authentic to me, but to a degree, this is also still a business. So, so I do need yeah. to have a, you know, it's got to latch on and attach to people. How do you balance that? You know, being authentic to you and yet still giving the people what it is they would want you know yeah i think well with my music if we're just kind of get really like kind of specific it's it's yeah. i've always liked music that has been mainstream-ish sounding you know because some artists they're so artsy and they got seven minute songs and it's really yeah. slow yeah. i've always just liked you know like <laughs> up up tempo but like or mid tempo or like rocking songs that are catchy yeah. get to the chorus real quick like so that's just kind of like a, you know, that's just the type of music I like. So I haven't really had to change even things. I just think I've gotten better at crafting hooks and, and, and trying to get smarter and maybe to the, more to the point and cut out the fat in my songs and stuff like that. So, um, 
and I do love this, the the craft of songwriting, and it's something that's oh, you know, it's something you you, you got you got to learn how to do. But um, you know, I think my sound is is fairly mainstream sounding, so that's why it's even actually more important for me to inject that depth. Yeah. Otherwise, it might just sound you know um, similar to other things if there's if it's not. You know, and that's another reason why, like, I never developed a twang when I moved to Nashville and stuff like that. I was like, no, like, you gotta be authentic, whoever you are. You gotta do. Yeah. Now you do, yeah, and you've referenced this twice. So we're gonna get to this part of the story. You you like to move from Boston to Nashville, which there are a lot of pros, I would imagine, right? I mean, Nashville is a hotbed for music. I mean, there's gonna be a great a, a lot of connections, but there's also this other probably backside tough part, and that is there's a lot of musicians in Nashville, right? Uh, not, not that there's not a lot in Boston, but like Nashville is just known for having a bunch of musicians. So oh, yeah. Talk, yeah. talk about, you know, the old metaphor of being a big fish in a relatively small pond versus being a fish in a pond that has a lot of fish in it, right? And we'll see if I'm bigger or smaller when I get there. Yeah, I, I, it was, there's definitely that intimidation factor when you move here and you realize how many talented people there are just out playing every single night. Yeah. And even just obviously the ones without record deals are just, they're, they're mind blowingly talented. Yeah. So I just use that as a positive. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm doing right. These writers rounds and I'm playing my own music and I'm like, okay, well, this song still hits for me, but maybe this song that I wrote doesn't quite hold up. And you just get more real with yourself and you, you kind of, you know, it, it forced me to kind of keep diving into on the vocal lessons and, and crafting the, crafting the voice, um, and then also just get better at writing and collaborate with others and find my group of people that I like to collaborate with. And so it's a combination of being intimidating, but um, I think it was still new enough and not fully set in my ways that I was able to just kind of be like, it's kind of like, you like your initial thing that we talked about where it's like, it's feedback essentially. Yeah. And you can either take that feedback you can either put your ego wall up and be like, no, I am the best here. Or you can be like, no, I know that I have something unique that no one else can offer here. Yeah. But have I fully crafted it to the best of my ability? Probably not. I could probably still keep going. So that's, that's how I look at it, you know? Yes. That's you have to like, that's what forced me to kind of even more so kind of dive in deeper on like, what's different about my sound and that's even when i started latching on to more the rock thing instead of avoiding it be like okay put that little bit of rock edge in your song in your songs and you know um because in just an, a side note the first year i moved here i think i only released two songs and that was because i was still like kind of scrambling to find my sound and i didn't really you know i went through a little bit of an identity crisis because yeah. it's you know you're just writing songs to try to fit on the radio and you're like well you can't really do that like yeah you gotta, you got to write something that can stick out a little bit. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a forever thing that never goes away. I'm sure it's, you're always just trying to beat your last song, you know? Yep. So to highlight one of your songs, uh, the song used to this hits a million downloads on Spotify or a million streams on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And part of you has got to be like, that's a crazy number. Like, I mean, a million, like that, that's really big. So just talk about, you know, feeling that and you know what that meant to you when you, you eclipsed that mark yeah it, it that was one of those songs when i wrote it too i remember writing just the me uh, melody without even having all the words and i was like oh i'm gonna release this song and that was just because it was just like 
the melody just felt like just kind of came out of me and it was it was I don't know I just I just felt like it was a vibe that I really wanted to capture yeah. and I've been looking for it and then in the studio we really we we did a good job of like getting that vibe to come to rec to the record and I was just like this is going to make people feel a certain way and this is like I can usually tell uh some artists don't listen to their own music when I get a mix back if I beat that mix to death and I'm listening to it over and over again I can usually tell it's going to react so I've had that with certain songs um so yeah that that was a really cool feeling like it was super validating to to continue like putting out as much music as I can you know yeah yeah. Well, and, and I think to your point, you know, one of the amazing things about your business and somebody that's maybe listening to it and they run a completely different business is you can strategize and you can come up with what you think is best all you want. But it's yeah. <clears throat> at some point, if it's a true business, you, to your point, you're going to get customer feedback, right? And so mm. if I spent three months in my entire budget trying to build this one widget and then it goes to market and they all sit there that was probably not a well-spent three months and all my money. If on the other hand, I have a pretty viable product and it's like, well, I want to get some feedback. So I'm going to get it out there. Maybe it's not the perfect version yet, or it's not the final, final version, but all right, I'm going to send it out there. And now this is going to allow me to get feedback. And if zero are purchased, all right, I need to go back to drawing board. If a lot are purchased, but they say, hey, here's something you can do to make it better. Great. I now know I've gotten real life feedback from the audience that, that I'm trying to appease or be with, right? Yeah. And for me, it was my fans are so supportive. So what I would do is during the pandemic, I was live streaming every single week and I would play them all the new songs. But what I do, what I would do to get the feedback that I wanted is I would give them like four new songs. And I'm like, hey, yeah. like, because they're not going to say like, this one's not as good as your other one. Yeah. But if you, get, if, you get, if you give them four, they'll genuinely tell you what the best one is. So yeah. it was like, that was kind of how I would like stay on top of it you know, and just figure out which, what to release next and all that kind of thing. And I thought that was such a cool part of your story, how well you stay connected with your group, but that ends up being one of the reasons that somebody new gets dropped. So talk a little bit about how that all comes to be in the boat and how that all goes down. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Um, somebody new came. Yeah. Pretty, pretty shortly after. Um, and that was, yeah, th that was just, the, they were playing that on the live stream. And like, that was, that was the one that they kept, kept voting for. And um, that song's done pretty well for me too. Yeah. And that's, that was another one of just uh, those songs where I just feel like I was like in a, in a stride. And another thing with the creativity part, it's like, I do feel like I go through these, these cycles of creativity. And then sometimes I'm sitting there for a couple of weeks or a month or two and, and I am writing, but I just know that they're not there. So you just got to keep showing up every day and you don't force it. Like if you write for an hour and it's not there, it's not there that day. Either. But um, I just sometimes like that was like a stretch where I was like, oh, it's like really hitting a little bit of a stride and writing as much as I could, you know? Yeah. So. Now, now I got to ask this. It's, it's always been a curious question for me with like musicians. Mm. Um, is does dating get difficult when they find out that like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I can I can know some of the past hurt you've been through, and I might end up being a song depending on how this plays I'm out. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a. Uh, it's. I guess they got another. They're signing up for it. You know. <laughs> da yeah, dating is a lot weirder as a musician than it was before. Yeah. I was uh, just on paper. I was a lot more more stable dating prospect when I had the nine to five, five job.
but um yeah yeah that's one of those things you, you know it's i i don't think I've, i would never like name somebody in particular but you know i have a lot of life experience in drawing so you know i try to keep try to keep it vague enough but at the same time like yeah i'm gonna write about what i know and I actually have noticed too if i go too business focused for too long where i'm like tuning out friends and tuning out dating and like just kind of like not like I got to be careful because then there's not as much to pull from, you know? Yep. So you have, you have to balance of like, as a creative, you have to actually live life to be creative to write about. So it's, that's another kind of tricky thing. Well, Hey, if we want to book a trip and we want to go have like a great weekend or something, and that gives you some <laughs> content, I'm all about uh, it. Always down, dude. <laughs> Heck yeah. Thank you. So as you continue to grow your following, you've gotten more notoriety. Uh, you've had the ability to play great shows and also open up some for some very big names, which once again, connections in the music business are, are huge. And so yeah. uh, one of the cool ones I noticed that you had was uh, opened up for Walker Hayes. So talk a little bit about how some of those connections came to be and uh, just getting to perform on you know scales of that size. Yeah. Yeah. I'd sign with, um, with, uh, Daggy Entertainment, who's an, who's an agent, um, right before the pandemic, and so like their their main focus was colleges. So we didn't really do much for the first couple of years that I was on the roster, unfortunately. But um, now that things have opened up, you know, they gave me that that slot, um, and um, that was that was the, probably the, definitely one of the coolest shows I've ever done. It was just get to be on the big stage, go on right, right before them, get the, you know the same backstage treatment and all that and like that was that was a nice like taste of like what I want to keep working towards to yes. get more shows like that you know because it's 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 some of the show there's so many different types of shows that I will do you know what I mean yeah. so to get that like one hour slot where you're doing all your original songs and you're in front of a big audience um yeah I just uh, I feel super alive when I'm when I'm doing that and it's it makes all the logistical headaches worth it, you know, because, because, yeah. because music is very much, it's, it's glamorous on stage. But then after that, it's just, it's traveling and sleeping and getting no sleep. And it's, but I do love meeting fans and I love just um, getting to new places and obviously performing. So yeah, it, it was a nice, like um, it got, it showed me like, okay, this is what we're working for, you know? Yeah. Keep going. Well, and I think that's really important to highlight because so many people, as they're pursuing what they want, if they haven't quite got there yet, sometimes mm. they don't know how close they are to getting there or they don't realize like, man, you're, you're on the cusp and we give up just a little too soon or we don't push hard enough to get to where we want to go. So talk about, you know, yeah. having some of the, I'd say, um, really recognizing some of those small wins in pursuit of getting the big win to keep that momentum and that excitement going. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you make because it's we all we all go through that no matter I think where we're at in life and um, I think I yeah I have days where I'm like man this thing is we're right there we just got to keep going and I see and that's you know that's the majority of the days but then there's other days where it's if you compare yourself to other people that are ahead of you because you'll always find someone to compare yourself to yep. um, but you know I just I think. Um, at the end of the day, I'm cheesy, but like there's that 11 year old kid that picked up the guitar and I'm like, what would he think about where I'm at now? And, he, and I think the answer is, man, he would just be so glad that like at 27 years old, you decided to become a singer. Like it's, you know, and that's, 
again, that's the message that I want to get out to people is that the more that I do this, the more like success I have, the more I realize that I'm actually not special. Like mm. it's literally just the work with the passion that is, is creating results. Yeah. And even though like I have so much further where I, that I want to go, it's just even the fact I'm doing it full time is, you know, I have to be thankful for that. And it's, you know, it's, um, you just, I don't know, you gotta, you gotta take it step by step and you can't get too, can't allow yourself to get overwhelmed, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's amazing. And you know, it's the, it's the good and the bad of like go-getters like you and I, because every time we hit some goal, we're always on to the next goal already. Isn't so it's, right. tough. Yeah. it's tough to really enjoy it. But a question I ask myself is if you would have told yourself 10 years ago, what you'd be doing today or where you'd be at today, would you be extremely ecstatic? Would that have surpassed where you really thought you'd be at? And it's like, Phil at 21, you know, I'm 31 today. If you had told me at 21 that I, you know, I've, I've been able to do the things I've done and I've made the connections I have. It's like, yeah, I think I'd be pretty stoked with where I'm at, but yeah, yeah. Phil at, Phil at 31 is like, dang it, dude, you could totally be up here. So it's that constant balancing act of enjoying where you've already gotten to and yet staying hungry for where you're trying to get to. I, I agree with that hundred percent. I think it's, it's, um, you can probably get further along long-term than, than you think you can, but you just, people, we all, we always want it quicker. And even me, after having like some songs do well on TikTok, it's like, if the next one I release doesn't do as well, I'm like, oh man, like, it's like really feels like I'm back at the square one of the drawing board. But the truth is you can't, you can't focus on, on that. You have to just keep putting out what you believe. And then if you're, if your vibe is right and you're not desperate, you will attract everything that you need and that's the that's the thing i try to keep keep in mind is and that's again why i write songs for me is because if i'm chasing and people are smart people like intuitively they know if, if whatever you're doing is real you know what i mean no matter what it is yep. and so I'm, I'm a big believer in that and that's why i always that's why it goes back to that daily routine of just trying to check myself and like you said we're type a personalities we just we want it now, now and we know that we're going to beat down every wall to get it. But sometimes it's like, it, it, it requires more than that. It requires actually like creatively, um, or it just genuinely showing up every, no matter what you do, you know? Yes. So good. Chris, are there any stories that really stand out to you as, you know, pivotal moments that have really helped you along the way, get to where you're at today uh, that you'd like to share? Um, that's a good question, man. I'm trying to think. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I do read a lot of books and I think, um, you know, just, I, I'm always checking in with, with, with whether it's like a, a certain principles that I read in a book that I've written down or things like that. I just think like every day you have to kind of like figure out a way to ground, ground yourself. And like, mm -hmm. to, to me, the more ways that you, things that you can put into place to remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing and not just let the day take you away and just be more conscious, you know? Um, like I read that, the book, the power of now, I don't know if you have mm, read yeah. that book, but like that just showed me like how much control that we really have. And um, I mean, I'm sure there have been a lot of transformative moments. I can't, nothing's coming to mind right now off the top of my head, but, um, but I just think it's, it's the more I do this, the more I, I gradually realize how much power we all have, like your perspective is, is everything. Right. Yep. And so that's kind of the message I try to just 
preach to everybody because it's it applies to, to everything that you that you want in life. Um, like, you know, Joe Rogan, when he said, write all your things down that I, n- I never stopped doing that every day. I got everything written down. So let me give some Joe Rogan uh, props right now. Yeah. He, 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 uh, this was like eight years ago when I, when I heard that, that podcast that, that he did about that. And it's just like, things don't just get done. You gotta, you gotta consciously write down your objectives for the day, make them manageable, and then have them be your working towards your long-term goal. Because if you, look it's like your huge goal it seems so daunting but if it's like hey here's three things we can do today write a song do social whatever to get closer to that then that's doable, you know so. yes yeah absolutely you gotta break it down into manageable steps and, and and go for it right yeah 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 so that's so good well chris where can people find you um you know social media and then if you have any you know concerts or tours coming up um you know different spots that they can go to find out that info yeah chris Marino music is the website and it's also the instagram and i do have um decent amount of shows this year lined up sometimes they're, they're full band sometimes they're acoustic and um just working on getting more shows booked for next year and definitely a lot more music uh, coming definitely not slowing down on that front. so i love it well brother thanks so much for sharing your story i'm uh one i'm a huge fan but two can't wait to continue to watch you uh and all the amazing things you're going to continue to do and all you have to promise me is uh you know after you play at the grand old opera you'll come back on and talk about the uh the show absolutely brother absolutely man dude can't thank you enough i appreciate it